2: hello everyone welcome to another edition of no credentials required this is the show where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by billy up sports in association with gazilla media i'm gonna introduce you to our panel on my right there we go yeah so figuring this out on my right is my co-host and soon to be the next, soon
0: to be Mr. Giselle Boonenshin, Dustin Henry. <laughs>
2: Dustin, how are we doing today? Oh,
0: thank you, sir. Did we get waked the fuck up or what? Oops, sorry. Did we get <laughs> waked up or what? Holy shit. To quote Pete Carroll talking about the Seahawks offense. I am ready to go. Evening, gentlemen. I stepped Good all over evening. that one. And underneath us is the co-host of
2: White Heat on Godzilla Media as well as the co- host as, well as the host of Katie's Corner. And a gritty enthusiast, Mr. Brian Katie. Brian, how are we
0: doing tonight?
3: Dustin, it's okay cuz in one podcast I swear a lot in the other one I don't <laughs> swear at all. It's okay.
0: Yeah, we'll go I'm, we'll get a happy median.
3: You know, I'll just I'll uh <laughs> I'll make sure that I I put a PG sensor on my tongue today too. So it's yeah,
0: yeah, me too, <laughs> me too. Sorry, I got I-, I got so excited about Co- Coach Carroll's quote there. I was I was channeling it. I was fired up. <laughs>
2: Not, it's not a bad thing to be fired up. I mean, I, I, I whenever I have my buddy Kevin on, uh, who's the uh, one of the co hosts of Tailgate on the Quad, it's on Belly Up Sports, I said, All right, you're allowed one F bomb per episode. One F bomb, and
0: all right, all right. But well, I got mine, mine out of the way, it. I got <laughs> mine got right out of the of- <laughs> way.
2: So, we're going to continue with our episode tonight in just a moment. Just want to remind you about our social media channels right down below for our show on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. I may do a gritty no creds req (laughs) facebook.com forward slash no creds req if you're watching on facebook right now give us a thumbs up and also on youtube give us a thumbs up give us a like subscribe hit the notification bell that way you know when either new episodes are up or we go live and if you're listening on the audio side subscribe to the podcast oh I've got to do one more thing so if you're watching the show engage with us Uh... There's that beautiful, beautiful sound. We want your algorithmic engagement content co- comments, your AECs, as I call them. We want we shoot it, interact with us. If it's sufficiently cruel, unusual, or it makes us laugh, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely read it. But I'll remind you again. We want. Your engagement. Engage with us because that means the algorithm works and all that fun stuff with uh both
0: we're, YouTube and Facebook. We're down with AEC's. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me.
3: <laughs> that music made me feel like we were unveiling like the uh the showcase on Price is Right for a second. <laughs> yeah.
2: It it's is a nice. brand new
1: car
2: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if you're listening on our audio side our home base here at no Crunches required is spreaker but you can also listen on apple podcast spotify amazon music iHeartRadio, wherever whichever platform you subscribe to podcast to rate and review five stars is always a good rating for us leave a review if you leave a review either on a a podcast side or if you leave a review after our recording on YouTube, leave us a comment. We might even read it on the air. and again, if it's sufficiently cruel, unusual, or just makes us laugh, we will read it within reason, within reason, yeah. <laughs>
0: I feel like we always have to put we, we always have to put that caveat nowadays. we do because <laughs> you never know keyboard warriors, they'd be strong out there.
2: Uh, yeah, sometimes a little bit too strong. I don't yeah. I don't want I don't want to see I don't, I don't want to get in the comments, "Wow, power!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not reading that.
0: No. No. <laughs> oh man, we're already we're already up to two hands to the face count on this. <laughs> we're really we're crushing it.
3: <laughs> you drink something before getting on the air right?
2: <laughs> I had little Debbie ice cream, okay? That's why I'm feeling so good. I had little Debbie oh, ice cream. Which one? Oh, I had a, a scoop of the oatmeal cream pie and the scoop of the nutty buddy. Ooh. And I gotta say, the oatmeal cream pie is better than the nutty buddy.
3: Oh, oh hands man. down. Your milk yeah. cream pie is, is it's it's a dream it's beautiful it's wonderful
2: yeah. the guy I'm at Hannaford, shout out to the uh, good folks at Hannaford. I, I know you're watching right now oh yeah but um, like if you find yourself a nice pint at your local I don't know if they have it at Market 32 or wherever. I mean wherever you go to get your get your uh, get your sundry items for, for for consumption you know find it there it's good stuff
0: <laughs> seek it out seek it out
2: all right hopefully and little Debbie ice cream if uh you know we yeah. want your sponsors. Hey, we're looking
0: for sponsors always. Come on. Yeah, that's
2: right. Fired yeah, we up. got we got some we got some we got some sponsors coming down the road. We got Nick's Meets coming down the road. We got the uh uh the, that uh menstrual that uh that that
1: uh Careful. all female
2: all female <laughs> group called the uh the menstrual cycles. They're gonna be a sponsor with us. Oh, soon. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, it's gonna Excellent. be a fun time. It's gonna be a fun time on no credentials <laughs> required. So let's talk about the NFL. This week, we start with NFL. Our week four reactions, Brian. I don't know if Brian has a has a favorite NFL team, uh, or yeah, you do. Okay, uh, I remember giant, correctly. I'm
3: a Giants fan, and by that's marriage, right. I'm also a Bills fan. I guess too. So that's right. right. I forget you're right. a Giants
2: fan. Yeah. So what was your how would you what's your reaction to the to the uh, Giants being the uh, the, the bears on a Sunday afternoon, Brian, what's your, what's your take from it as a Giants fan. I'm pretty sure you speak for most, if not all Giants fans who are, who are watching currently uh, to this program.
3: Look, if, uh, if there was a team that the Giants could have handpicked the face after losing the Cowboys on Monday night football, I think the bears would have been on that very short list of bears, yeah. Texans, and depending on how you look at the Raiders, maybe the Raiders too. But I mean, just, it was the, exactly the kind of game you'd expect out of Bears and Giants, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you didn't, you didn't expect the team to lay up the scoreboard. We all know Justin Fields is never going to reach 200 yards passing. I'm shocked he even got to, what was it, 155 he finished with? That stunned me. Um, like, I mean, like, let me put it this way. Let, let, me, let me put it in, into this grand context. Cooper Cup has more receptions through four weeks of NFL. Then Justin Fields has completions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. that's 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 ha- that right there. Uh,
1: that's
3: haunting. So, yeah, Cooper, <laughs> C- Cooper Cup has like 42 after last night, and I think Fields has had like 35, 36 completions. Ooh. So, if, if you were that one guy who said, Darnell Mooney's a sleeper for VSC football.
0: Yeah, there look was a you. lot, there was a lot of people saying that. I saw some guy named his team to the Mooney. I said, I don't think that's oh. gonna work out very well. Um, I will say I just died a little inside. <laughs> this was this was my pick for the game I least wanted to watch this week, but it, it was the one you would
2: rather drink castor oil than
0: watch. Yes, yes, but I will say, uh Saquon, <laughs> he continues to look like a man reborn. Um, maybe he's finally fully healthy. He, I think he said something like, this is the guy that I knew was always there. Um, and how about the the craziness where um, Jones went out, I believe, with some kind of ankle sprain, and then yeah, Tyrod, went, yep. Tyrod came in, and he, then he ended up getting uh, evaluated for a concussion. So they're running the wildcat out there, out of necessity for a few plays. That was, that was wild to watch.
3: Listen, the viewership of the Giants-Bears game was – Every Giants and Bears fan that's so die hard they refuse to miss any game on television. And then, if they were a Saquon Barkley fantasy uh owner, those are the only people that watch that
0: game. <laughs> I was on Red Zone, I, so I guess I kind of count. I was on so, Red Zone I, too. Scott
2: Hayes, I was on Red you know? Zone as well. I have Saquon <laughs> Barkley in the Godzilla Media uh, League. I'm four, the mustache rides are four and oh,
3: I'm right behind okay. you, pal. Oh, man. right behind you. Here we
2: go. Here we go. Uh, of course, I know that you know last year's in last year's league, uh, Chet Davis was undefeated, and I beat is he him. He's zero four now.
0: He's zero four now, which is hysterical. Oh man, there's some <laughs> how the tides have turned in that league. I'll tell you that
2: Chet Davis, big fan. I know he's watching right now. <laughs> but Chet, uh, no Chet. Last year Chet was undefeated up until I think he faced me, and I had my my roster had Henry Ruggs still active in the lineup. <laughs> wow right. and Marlon Mack and I wound up beating him because all of his starters tanked that week and I want to wow. beat him by uh, by like 10 points wow. it was and the next week is just it, it, I think on what the fantasy which is another one of our little media podcast with uh uh with Chet and gaz uh Chet's feed had frozen. And it was just this, this really disappointed face the ent- almost the entire episode. I call it resting chat face. It was yeah. the, <laughs> one of the best moments of, of uh, streaming television I've ever seen. So we're going to go to our usual categories here in week four. When we wrap up the week in the NFL. I know credentials require. We're going to talk about first our biggest upset. Dustin, I'm going to let you start. Who is the biggest upset in your mind in week four of the NFL?
0: For me, the biggest upset, and it's mostly just because I do not understand how they have two wins on the season. I'm saying the Atlanta Falcons were my biggest upset mm-hmm. of week four. They beat the Browns, which I understand the Browns are the Browns, but the Browns have a serviceable uh, Jacoby um, – Why, why do I always spoke? Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett at QB. Is he like a star? No, but he can get you. He can get you some W's. They have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. They have an offense that if they can run the ball, they're going to be all right. The Falcons are coming out. I think Marcus Mariota has three touchdowns on the season total passing (laughs) and they're still winning games and they're getting and the Browns, the Browns beat them in time of possession. I forget the actual numbers, but I know the Browns had the ball a lot more than the Falcons did, but yet they find themselves two and two after beating my Seattle Seahawks uh, in week three. So, so it's crazy. Yeah. Or, this was, this was a, this was a fun game to
2: watch. If you're go if you're watching on red zone, which I I usually do on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> But yeah, that was an inter- that was an entertaining game for sure. My biggest upset, and if you want to call it that, uh, I had the Titans over the Colts, and the Colts were f- actually favored by I think three and a half in this game. But the Titans came to play. The Titans had a pretty solid offensive game plan. They almost blew a lead, but uh, but their defense went saving the day. They they stopped uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor on a crucial third and one, and actually Taylor got the first down, but he fumbled the ball. And Titans took over, and after that, it was feta complete. So, I mean, there weren't really many many upsets in terms of no. gigantic, monumental upsets in Week Four. But um, you consider the Jets Steelers to be kind of an upset. If we'll we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, but in my mind, the Titans kind of had the season on the, had their season on the line in a way because their offense, outside of Derrick Henry right, Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry up the middle, <laughs> is anemic at best because Ryan Tannehill's their their quarterback. But they came to play. I give him full credit. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike Fribble had a game plan. Frank Reich is I I have to think he's on the hot seat. We're gonna have to do some hot seat rankings over the next over the course of the next month or so. Uh, or or my hot seat scale as I call it. Uh and I think Frank Reich is he could possibly be a coach who's on his way out at the end of the season if they're if the Colts don't pick things up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He could be in some trouble because I think we were not the only ones that had semi lofty expect expectations for the Colts this season. No. Um,
2: Well, I I had them winning the AFC South, but I didn't have them going very far in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I believe if memory serves, I also had them finishing atop the NFC South, but they are in some trouble, especially as we've talked about previously on the show. The Jags are, in my opinion, even after this week's game, the Jaguars are still the real deal this year. So um, yeah. that division is more of a three-team race and the Colts are, they're in some trouble.
2: Yeah. How about you, Brian? What In your mind, which game was the biggest upset
0: for you? This,
3: Honestly, the, the only two games I felt weren't formful to what I expected are the two games you guys already mentioned, but I do want to point out two other games aside from the Falcons and the uh, Titans victories. Number one, if you had sat me down before the season and told me that an offense led by Geno Smith would score 48 points at any game this season, oh, we're gonna, old faced liar,
0: we're gonna talk about that game.
3: And Smith went out there, he looked like Michael Vick 2.0 the way he was playing offense, oh, yeah, and that yeah. is, and then Rashad Penny, all of a sudden, he looks like Sean Alexander from the year 2000. Like, uh-huh. I, I, I can't even explain that. And then the second thing. I know he just signed a big contract, but should that Prescott be having eyes in the back of his head by this point? Yes. Cooper rush is four. No, as a Cowboys starter, he, they have done nothing but look consistent on the offense. Cooper rush protects the ball. They run the kind of offense. I believe Mike McCarthy prefers aside rather than having Dak trying to deacon dunk his way down the field. They're doing a lot more game management.
2: Mm-hmm. Up no relation, stations. by the way,
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Opening up space <laughs> against with with Zeke and for Pollard, and on the other side of it, if you're a Commanders fan, where's Antonio Gibson? Yeah. And this whole offense in general is, aside from Game One where Curtis Samuel looked like a whole new guy, this Commanders offense is just pathetic at best, and that's being nice.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I to me their best offensive weapon is supposedly still Terry McLaurin, but they're not using him at all. They're not, you know, Ron Rivera keeps coming out and saying, we, we know we have to get him the ball more. We know we have to, but, but I don't know if it's just he and Wentz are not establishing a rapport. I don't know what's going on, but I thought that offense was going to be better than it has been so far. You are right in yeah. saying that it is uh, pathetic so far. They
3: need to watch about their jobs. Antonio Gibson, you're another one because Brian Robinson has come off the IR for this game. And from everything that was being reported at camp before that unfortunate shooting, he was a part of Gibson. uh, Look out. And not only Mm -hmm. that, JD McKissick, like, like that's a three. That's a, a, it kind of goes with the feeling of when you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. I kind of feel like the same way about the commander's back right now. If you have three running backs you're trying to use, you really have none until yes. you make a damn decision. And that's what Ron Rivera is going to have to do at some point. He's going to have to pull the trigger on someone. That was probably a bad reference to make with Brian Robinson. But anyways, hey. um, you got to pick one at some point and just stick with it. And yeah. I think that's going to be Gibson mm-hmm. the odd man out in this case right now.
2: Yeah. So from the comments section, we got Kevin Wilson, who's one of our belly up sports fantasy writers. Excellent job with uh, with his uh, fantasy analysis for both football and baseball. Why uh, he he says my Seahawks scored forty eighth. There won't be a bigger upset this season. Arguably, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I know Kevin's a big Seahawks fan, as is as is Dustin. Yeah. Um, but no, that was. You know, if again, like Brian said, you won't if he any any kind of game where. Geno Smith has, yeah, a heck he, of a game.
0: It's he um, completed uh, he completed seventy seven percent of his passes, I believe. So I mean, he yeah, I we're gonna talk about that game.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, against that Lions defense,
0: anybody could probably complete seventy seven percent of their passes. All right, so we're moving yards. Yes, he had <laughs> he had I like the amount of times he had thrown for over three hundred yards in the NFL. I don't I don't know that he ever had. Or there was very few before that game, but I mean, he looked, he looked good. He did. All right, biggest disappointment. I'm going to start.
2: Tim and Bay Buccaneers were the biggest disappointment this week, and for there was numerous reasons. A, they have no run game. They they ran six times the entire game on Sunday night six times Tom Brady had to, had to, they, they had Tom Brady go into passing 52, 52 passing attempts. He was sacked once, which is miraculous. Consider that offensive line is just <laughs> beat up and beat up and down. They have really no offensive line right now. It's guys who could probably start in the USFL or the XFL next season. And secondly, that defense who was supposed to be, who was lights out against the same Kansas city chiefs defense offense, two years ago was absolutely they could not stop a nosebleed in this game and no. they were my biggest disappointment especially at todd bulls defense look from all the crap he had to deal with in new york now he's a head coach in tampa bay he's a little bit more conservative when it comes to his when it comes to his uh offense like he was in new york mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh but If there this NFC South is just gonna be weird, and I won't be surprised if a team like Atlanta shows up at the end of the year at eight and nine and they went up winning the division by default.
0: It could it could happen, and uh part of the reason I said biggest upset, I I thought the Atlanta Falcons would be competing with the Seahawks for worst team in the NFL honors this year who yeah. would get that first overall draft pick. And the season is still early, but yeah. somehow bafflingly, Atlanta always seems to be at least in games at the end. And I don't understand how it's happening, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Um, yeah. And I do say, I think the Bucks. part of it is, I think their team has seemed to me, and I'm not the biggest I'm not the most educated on the Bucks, but it it seems to me that it's gotten old very quickly. That that they've some of their talent just isn't performing to the standards that they normally would. Like Leonard Fournette, a year ago he looks like rejuvenated, uh, and now because of partially because of the offensive line you mentioned. He can't find anywhere to run. No. He's he's gotten more action in the passing game than in the run game just because they, they can't get anything going. And uh, I do wonder how much of it is Todd Bowles' offensive approach because I in the back of my mind, I wonder what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich would do with this well, same offense.
2: I was going to say, it's not just Todd Bowles' approach. It's also Byron Wef- Leftwich's system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw a couple weeks ago that when Tom Brady was throwing, uh, throwing tablets and cussing out his receivers and cussing out, uh, cussing out a uh, left, which from a distance, something's going on with this offense. We don't, and,
1: I mean,
2: it, it, there's, look, it takes a good month for Tom Brady to get going. Yeah, we might see him get it going. We might see the this might be the end of Tom Brady. For yeah. all we know, this might exactly this might be his last season. And fun fact about me and Tom Brady. We we're born the same month in the same year. Uh, we share the same astrological sign. Those are the only things three things we have in common. Uh <laughs> other than the same future wife.
0: um. (laughs) All right. Hey, (laughs) you're bequeathing her to me earlier in the podcast. What's going on here? Well, I I think we're going to
2: have a fight. We're going to have a fight. (laughs) All right. So, so Dustin, for you, what was your biggest disappointment this week?
0: My biggest disappointment this week, I would say it's got to be, and I know they won. I know they won. But the Packers, something is up in cheesehead land, let me tell you, because – and I know they have young receivers, and I know a lot's been made of Aaron Rodgers giving them a bunch of eye rolls and stuff. They're not—they're not where they would, they're not probably where he would like them to be at this point in the season. But there's going to be some growing pains. But the fact that the Packers came out and they led a—I uh, think the consensus would be undermanned Patriots team with yep. it with a, a third-string quarterback, old Zappy Bailey Zappy out Bailey there. Zap. Taking it to OT, I was shocked, and I thought, and and I thought I would never do this, but part of me started rooting for the Patriots to somehow mis- miraculously pull out that game, just so I could see the look on Aaron Rodgers' face. Uh, and, but the Packers' running backs are going to be what saves them this season. It's not going to be this arid out attack that it has been when Randall Cobb is the best looking receiver on your offense so far Oof. you probably you probably have to rely on the run game a little bit more but I was shocked by that the Patriots came to play on the level that they did and you know you know Belichick's gonna scheme you know he always comes up with a great game plan but this Patriots offense actually looked somewhat presentable, and I think their offensive woes have been well documented to start the season. So yep. um, that was my biggest disappointment at the Green Bay Packers.
2: Yep. Brian, what about you, biggest disappointment this week.
3: First off, who had the better uh who had the better tablet toss? Tom Brady on a sideline or Ken Dorsey when he got mad at the end of the Miami game the week before this
0: past <laughs> week. Ken Dorsey, no question. And also oh, that yeah. the camera cover, that that. Ices it for me that when they're all of a sudden like, Oh, we can't show this. Ooh. That was the best.
3: Uh, well, um, You know, for me, it's, uh, I got stuck between two, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give one of, one of the two teams a break. I'm going to give the Rams a break because as much as I hate the fact that Matthew Stafford threw two thirds of his targets to cu- his targets to Cup and Higby and act like Allen Robinson didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, where's I'll Alan Robinson? Him, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a break because it was a 14-9 game going in the fourth quarter. And really, if you take out that pick six from Stafford when he was staring down Cooper Cup for no for when everybody knew he was going to Cooper Cup, there you might have gotten a different outcome last night. But so I'll give them the pass on that. Here's what I won't give a pass on. My biggest disappointment isn't even a team. It's not even a player. It's a head coach. Everybody's about analytics this, analytics that. But John Harbaugh pulled a Pete Carroll the other day. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Your first and goal at the Buffalo 10 in a tied game with six and a half minutes to play. Your first play, a pass to Duvernay bringing you to the one, fine. No problem with that. Mm -hmm. Second and goal. J.K. Dobbins, three-yard loss. Third and goal, Lamar up the middle for two. You have fourth and goal at the two. It's a tie game. You have four minutes left. And, yes, Buffalo has scored uh, 10 points in the third quarter. They haven't done anything since. And your defense, while not great, is still decently formidable. And you're still in some inclement weather. There's a fairly good chance you can stop Buffalo, so either they have to go for like a very long field goal that could easily miss, or you stop them all together and get a turnover on downs. What do you do? No. Screw the go-ahead Bro. field goal. We're going for it. And now only are you going oh. for it, you're throwing for it, mm-hmm. and you throw a
0: pick. Yes. What are you
3: doing? This is the Super Bowl where Pete Carroll hand-wrapped a gift to Bill Belichick, and Malcolm Brown was looking like – uh, Richard Sherman on that play? But, no. Malcolm Butler,
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: Malcolm Butler, thank you. No, and what has Malcolm Butler done, by the way, since the Super Bowl? A whole lot of nothing, but that's yeah. whatever. Yeah.
2: Um, He's bounced around. <laughs>
3: but, like, I mean, you want to talk about just wrapping Josh Allen a 3-1 and start to the season that they that the Bills didn't deserve. I mean, holy cow. I saw them on that play, and I, I it was weird. Like, half of me, the, the, the half of me that loves my wife was like, yeah, go Bills. The other half of me is a, just a just a football fan and General was like
2: what are you doing what are you doing
3: <laughs> but yeah i mean that's just uh like all these guys are relying too heavily on analytics about when to go forward on fourth down when to punt or when to kick the field goal you, you, you stop the numbers you gotta go with the game flow and the game flow at that yeah. point says take the points and trust in your defense and in inclement weather for four minutes but instead you do that and you end up losing the game
0: yeah. Yep. And that was unquestionably the momentum shift in that game. Cause I, I was watching that and I do, I, I wrote that down in my notes. Why would you throw that on fourth, fourth and goal from the two with four Oh nine left? You know, I, I didn't understand it. Yep.
2: All right. Moving on to the most entertaining game this week, Brian and Brian, I want to start with you uh, in your mind. In your mind, which was the most entertaining game this week? Bears and
3: Giants. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I have two games that have immediately come to mind that I think would not have been anybody's option going into the week. There was a sick part of me that was actually entertained by Jets and Steelers. Am I the only one that kind of thought that at all? Like, I was mildly entertained by the fact of Zach Wilson getting his first shot this season. I was entertained with Kenny Pickett, you know, mm-hmm. going out there and doing what he was doing and basically auditioning for the job that we all know he ultimately got for this coming week.
2: That like he was supposed to get probably in week eight, but they but right. Mike Tomlin and honestly, was like, nope. Two,
3: and honestly, <laughs> two of Kenny Pickett's three picks, I one was with the functional receiver's hands, the other was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. So you can really say he just threw one pick when you when you look at that. So me, Jets-Pats was one, and then I would have never guessed Vikings-Saints in London.
0: Uh,
2: that, yeah. was mine. that was yeah. mine. I would
3: have never guessed that in a million years, especially when they, once they rolled out Jameis, Thomas, and Camara, and the Saints still had a shot at the end of the game. I was stunned. I was stunned how entertaining that game was.
0: Yeah, Ryan. Ryan, go ahead. The fact, Ryan, the fact that ahead. there
2: was a double, the fact that there was a double doink to end the game was just, uh, if you were a Bears fan, you you you, just, you you died inside a little bit for Will Lutz. But the fact that it was it was field goal trading at the the Saints came back to tie it. Vikings go up with a mat, with less than a minute left. Saints drive the field, and Will Lutz, who had just kicked his career long a, a couple minutes before, mm-hmm. had a chance to win the game at Tottenham, Tottenham, Hotspur stadium in that London extra
3: yard, that extra yard further away mattered. Cause if he was yeah. a yard yep. closer either, I think either it hits the upright and deflects in cause it would have been on the inside of the upright yep. or it, he might not even have hit the upright at all. That would have just snuck inside. Oh, there was that was right. that extra three feet.
2: I mean, I mean that stadium's probably seen their, their share of uh crossbar and, and uh, post shots off the, off the goal. Well, Granted, it's a different sport, but it was, I mean, I I didn't watch the full game, but I mean, I'll probably, but I've watched the highlights and that was probably my most entertaining game of the week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will confess something. This is a, this is a football sin here, but I was, I was watching the beginning of the game and I'm like, Oh, they're, they're trading field goals. I'm going to go, I'm going to go make phone coffee and, and I'll keep it on, but I won't really pay attention. And next thing you know, I get a phone call. I'm talking on the phone. I'm not watching the game at all. I come, I come back to the game and I'm like, oh man, what the hell happened? And I, and I sit in and I'm like, I'm going to, watch. this is great. You know, it ended up being a fantastic game. Let's not forget the return of the red, the red rifle, old Andy Dalton out there.
3: That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, don't ever, don't ever, ever turn your back on Andy Dalton.
2: (laughs) All right, moving on to our next category, the most impressive performance, and uh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this one for a ride. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the most, and here's Tagalong. Hello, say hello to Tagalong, <laughs> joining us as always every single week, getting my attention, trying to get my attention, the, the mascot of the show. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we, I, for me, it was Saquon Barkley. We talked about him a little bit, but he, he, to, to me, he was most my most impressive performance. Honorable mention. And I'm going to be a bit of a homer here. My New York Jets, their defense in particular, Quentin Williams looking every bit of the dominant defensive lineman Jets fans have been waiting for since he came, since he, since he joined the team in 2017. He had an awesome game. That secondary had a, a really great game, four picks. Uh, they had four, they have six picks so far in the season. I think they had only seven last year. Period, and they're—I mean, granted, this is not the same Steelers from two or three seasons ago, or five seasons ago, or, or six or seven seasons ago, when they had Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Judy Smith Schuster. All those guys are gone. Granted, it's not the same offense. Granted, but they had Najee Harris on their team, but he didn't do a whole lot against the, against the Jets. But I got to give it up to this defense. The New York Jets, they're playing legit right now. And we give a lot of crap to to Brian Ulrich, the defensive coordinator, and Robert Sala, the head coach, who was a defensive guy, who was a defensive guy with the, 40, when it was the 49ers, defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But they came out with a solid game plan. They got turnovers at the right time, which turned into a touchdown at, to the game winning touchdown. Uh, but this team, it's just, I'm. You know, this defense played out of their mind last week and I gotta get I gotta tip my hat my my hypothetical hypothetical hat to uh the jets defense here
0: all right yeah I mean you gotta you gotta give it up anytime anytime a defense comes together it is it is exciting to watch everybody always says oh offense offense but defensive football can be a thing of beauty uh but I must admit, in my most entertaining game, and also my best performance of the week is also in that game, and no, it is not Geno Smith. <laughs> I, I always – I'm hard on myself because it seems like I'm picking a quarterback for this category every week, but I am picking T.J. Hawkinson this week. Uh, oh, he was on fire given the fact that the Lions were undermanned. They didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown. They didn't have DeAndre Swift, two of their biggest offensive weapons – TJ Hawkinson was a man to be reckoned with. He had a, he had 8 receptions, 179 yards, I believe, and 2 TDs. He I mean, let's set it aside for a second. The defenses, nobody showed up in this game. No, Tariq Woolen got the defensive pick-six for the for the Seahawks, but that was where it stopped. Neither team could stop anybody. Quandre Diggs, before the game, he said he said the Seahawks defense had to bow up or shut up. They got they got shut up in this game, but luckily for them, this game was Rashad Penny, 151 yards rushing. Uh, Geno Smith, we already went into great detail about what he did during the game. Honorable mention to DK Medcalf getting carted off just because he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> look up, look up the tweet that he said. He said uh he tweeted something like that clinch walk wasn't gonna make it. Go find it if you can. It's very it's, uh it's hysterical. It's very <laughs> hilarious. Um, but this game, this, the Seahawks went puntless in the game for the first time in franchise history. This yep. was my most entertaining game. I do feel. I do feel bad for the Detroit Lions. I have been rooting for them in every game that they're in. Uh, they are averaging, I believe, they are leading the league in scoring. This one, I'm pulling from the the top of my dome, so I might be wrong, but I believe they are averaging 35 points a game. But unfortunately, they're they're averaging 35 points against. So that is yeah. why the Lions are one in three. Uh, but that was my most entertaining game. TJ Hawkinson, best performance of the week for me.
2: Brian Katie, how about you? How about you? Who was your most? What was your most impressive performance? Who was your? Who was the player that stood out in your mind as the most impressive perform? Had the uh, most impressive performance.
3: I got two winners here. I have a player and I have a coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Most impressive performance on the field. And granted, this is the performance you should expect out of this player going against the opponent he faced. But Austin Eckler getting 19 touches, 109 yards, and three touchdowns—that um, mm. definitely ranks up there for me. Um, it, nice to see him show up because those were his first touchdowns of the season. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I'm
3: sure fantasy owners love that. Well, um, he
0: he owns himself on a bunch of t- fantasy teams, <laughs> so he's happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, got to <laughs> yeah. yourself. Sometimes you got to bet on yourself, and <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. That's just
2: that showed it right there.
3: Exactly, and Eckler—he showed up. He balled out and. Good on him, and now the Chargers can see if they can take advantage of the way this AFC West is turning out because it's it's a tight one right now. Because yeah. I mean, the Chiefs aren't quite the same Chiefs, but what they did on Sunday night was impressive nonetheless. Um, Denver, they're like Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get from them. And the Raiders, they I don't even want to talk about the Raiders at this point. <laughs> um, but I, I gotta give an impressive performance to word out to a coach. And it goes back to um, my biggest disappointment. It goes back to that same game. For Leslie Frazier's team, they gave up 20 points in the first half to the Baltimore Ravens with J.K. Dobbins making them look a bit stupid out there, going into halftime, figuring out a game plan that was going to work, and shutting out the Ravens in the second half to give Josh Allen a chance to win that ball game and give Sean McDermott a chance to win that ball game. I mean, I don't know what adjustments they made, but whatever Leslie Frazier said, it worked, and they went out there. And this was with a couple of their best corners still missing time yeah. the other day. Yeah. So yep. good on Leslie Frazier and getting that def- the defense, the Bills, to turn things around that second half and pitch a shutout and give their team a chance to win at the at the buzzer.
2: Yeah, we got a couple more comments from our feedback zone here. Uh, Brian Snow, snow in the morning with Cole Johnson. How about them 49ers? 49ers did well. Yeah, got a ton of credit to them. And our resident another C, uh, comment from our fan, our buddy Kevin Wilson. Most impressive fact: that the Seahawk punter never left the sideline. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We had to put Michael Dixon on a milk carton for that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think this. My thing is, how about Mini Polo Model? Not just how about those 49ers. How about Mini Polo Model uh, there? Uh, was it Holofunga, I think it is, is, is his last name with the pick six that wrapped it up for the Niners last night?
0: I believe so. Because
3: <laughs> I've been watching him, like, when you, like, I know we, we were watching Red Zone. We were all watching Red Zone this weekend. But when I watch Red Zone and I know, like, a certain unit's out there that I want to kind of look ahead to, uh Hafanga, thank you.
2: Um,
3: what I'm I I want to see like are there certain guys producing that should be producing, or the guys are kind of popping out. And this young man, Hafanga, from week one has shown up and balled out every single week, even in games where Fred Warner may have been a no-show, uh, where maybe the pass rush was up to snuff. This kid, and he's been working with Polomalo, and it shows. If he could keep working under Polomalu and keep absorbing everything that he's telling him, he could be the he could be the next great safety of the NFL for the next ten to fifteen years. The way he's playing right now.
2: Yeah, and Brian are Brian Snow are our 49ers fan. Hafanga is, is the last name. Yeah. He had a 50-yard mm-hmm. pick six. Another comment here. Am I, my, my friend Dave, am I caller nine? No, you're <laughs> caller eight. Sorry, Dave.
0: <laughs> we already talked about the Packers, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Dave.
2: All right. So we're going to go into a topic. Uh, I don't know how far we're going to go into it, but hottest individual take from week four. I got to talk about this situation with Tua Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of irresponsibility uh, with multiple parties here. There's resp- irresponsibility on the on Tua's part for wanting to play. There's irresponsibility on the Dolphins' part for hiring this quote <laughs> consultant of a of neurologist. This there's Jack there's, Wagon. <laughs> this Jack Wagon of a neurologist who should be stripped of every medical license in the state of Florida and anyway is also a, a, a fault on the part of Mike McDonald for for not pull for making, and he's a rookie head coach too. I get, I get it, but you, you can't go by word and just say, okay, he he passed all the tests, he passed all the protocols, he says he's good to play, but you're four days removed from ankle and back injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly, he had a concussion on Sunday, and yeah. You go into a game, and this is the part I hate about Thursday night games. And I, you know and if, for for me, if the if you're the NFL and you say we're concerned about player safety, we want the safety of our players to be paramount. We we want that to be evident. Why don't you do this? Why don't you either a pare down the amount of Thursday night games you have, or just scrap the idea altogether, because this playing on four days rest. That's this is, this. is how players are going to get hurt, and I hope to God that we we see that. I and mean, I, I get it. Money talks. Amazon mm-hmm. wanted their way, and they wanted they want they're willing to pay boatloads of money to the league because it gets it gets its eyes it gets your eyes in the league. Not that they have enough already with ESPN and NFL Network and Fox and NBC and CBS and ESPN. All those stations covering it, but this shines. Having this happen to Tua and seeing basically his soul living his body for the uh, extra, for about eight minutes and yeah. St. Peter, say, Peter saying, no, your time's not done yet. I'm going to send you back down. It, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. a scary situation. And you hate to see that for any type of player. I'm, I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm not a fan of the New York Dolphins. They're one of our chief rivals. But I hate seeing that done to to any player. Any player i would have i would have not wanted it on my worst enemy to see them in that type of condition on the field where his fingers are literally look something like the emperor from star wars yeah you know, it's it's a and thankfully he's going to be out for next for like a couple of weeks again not saying it from a New York jets fan standpoint but just for the fact that his his this is his this is your career this' is not yes. really your career it's your yes. life yes it's your life. We we saw how uh, we, we can talk about the controversy about CTE and concussions and mental health. And I'm starting to believe it's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on the, the documentary we had about Junior Seau a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: That, how that his life tragically ended. I'm yeah. I'm starting to believe it.
0: And No, I, I completely agree, especially with all the... Um, all the uh, research that former WWE wrestler Chris now- Nowinski has yep. done on it, um, it is it is a thing, and that's you hit on my biggest point the last time. Teddy Bridgewater is a is a serviceable enough backup in the NFL. He started games. He has game experience. If you truly cared about about Tua's well being, the way that you tried to claim after that, you did start Teddy for that game. Yeah. He could could win you the game. Yeah. He could win you the game. And the thing is like, even if I don't put as much of the blame on, To, uh, Tua Tonga he he of course he's a competitor. He's going to want to go, but in the back of he does deserve some of the blame because he had yeah. to know that he was not a hundred percent. But yeah, whoever cleared him, revoke their medical license, do everything because uh, he clearly wasn't ready to go. As you alluded to, he's down on the field for nearly ten minutes after a sack. And everybody came out. Everybody came out because they were they were rightfully worried. And this, and as you said, it's not only his life, but think about uh Tua was injured, and it took him a couple of years to come back from the yeah. what was it? A hip injury. It was a hip, or, it was a hip injury. Yeah, yeah. Took him a couple of years to come back, so he's finally. Part of it is he might feel, oh, I can't miss time because I've already got the rep of um injured or whatever.
2: Yeah, it's, but it's next man up in the NFL. If you lose yeah. your job, if you lose your job, you may never get it back.
0: Yeah, I get so it. Part of it is that mentality, but the thing is, you gotta as a coach. I don't care if it's your first year. You've been an offensive coordinator. You know, you got to look out for your players, especially a young player such as this. His career could be over now. I. From the looks of it, it doesn't look like it. Hopefully he recovers. Hopefully he passes all the protocols within yeah. a reasonable timeline this time. But this jeopardized a ton for this young man just to get a uh, try to get a win against a Bengals team on Thursday Night Football week Four.
2: Yeah. And, and you know what? I got, I got to say this for as much crap I, I give Gary, Gary Bettman being the commissioner of the NHL and all the wrong stuff that, that he's that he's gone through over his twenty-something, almost thirty-year tenure now as commissioner of the NHL. It wasn't until you, he's his one of the faces of the league, was gone for over a year that they started to figure out. Okay, this head injury stuff in the NHL is serious, mm-hmm. and they're starting to finally get it right. The NFL, I don't know if they'll ever get it right. I get it. You know, it's t- it's a tough guy league. You got to be tough to play sports, uh, and especially uh, in the NFL. But you're you're taking your life into your hands every time you you walk on that field. Every time you go to practice, every time you step on the ice, you're taking your life into your hands. And it seems like there should be more in terms of fully guaranteed contracts, especially for skill players like. A quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver because they're the ones who are getting hit the most same for defense and for offensive line especially because yeah they cl-
0: they crash they, into they're each other
2: always on every play. colliding every single play yeah so I I just I don't know if the NFL' is ever gonna get it right or they because there's so but because there's so much money involved in it in this league they're getting so many sponsors sponsorships television contracts but when the public especially when parents aren't letting their kids play football because of what they see on TV. I mean, that's why I didn't play football when I was a kid. My my parents, the first time they, the moment they saw Joe Theismann's leg get snapped by Lawrence Taylor on Monday Night Football, and that scream that came from Joe Theismann, my parents said, you're not playing football. Hmm. I don't care how good you are in the backyard when you play with, with your brothers, you're not playing football. And it's gonna that's the consequence that a lot of a lot of of kids are gonna have now is that the fact that their kid they, they their parents don't want them to, they won't don't want you to play football. I understand it could be a way out. I understand it could be a way to get college scholarships and a way out of whichever situation you're in. But a lot of parents now are gonna have are gonna take pause and say, Whoa, you know you got to think about your the rest of your life, even though you're in your teens or your twenties, Yeah, you, you got to sit down and think about it.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I, I don't know when they're going to get their act together, but there's a lot that goes into it, but hopefully something like that is never allowed to happen again. Hopefully changes. Yeah. I predict changes will come because of this, but I don't know what they are
2: No. All right, so more feedback. I got snowman saying two should two should walk away from the NFL Dolphins in the NFL to keep his life. I could yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Dave says he's more qualified than that uh, neurological consultant after taking a CPR class.
1: And, I agree. Uh,
2: yeah, we both agree. <laughs> and he also says we are effectively in the in the 1950s when it comes to neuroscience. In a way, yeah, but I mean, we, there's always ways to improve. We have the technology to do it. We have cat scan, cat scans, MRIs, uh, MREs. There, there are MRIs, MRAs. Uh, those scans, those type of scans are getting more improvement the game being more improved we could see what the brain is doing in real we can see the, how the brain is doing in real time especially after a concussion but uh, brian i i see you sitting there you got you have anything to add to this conversation
3: look at the end of the day you can't you can't fool anybody when it comes to the eye test mm-hmm. i don't care what you were in the injury report I don't care what you claim an injury to be. When a guy gets up and stumbles and falls twice within a 15-second span, and then you go and call it a back injury
2: and your injury report
3: leading into a game four nights later, that is hypocrisy of the highest sort. Mm. And I'm going to compare – what is going on with the nfl to another sport that people like to say is not sport but it is sport with the way they tr- they have to bang around their bodies
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's professional wrestling yep you look back at mm-hmm. it, the way professional wrestling was leading up through the early 2000s it was commonplace for you to use objects to hit people in the head chairs
2: tables yeah
3: other yeah. foreign objects, whatever it may be.
2: Stop signs.
3: It took until, and I I usually hate saying this name, but it's the only way to get the point across. It took until a wrestler named Chris Benoit yeah. mm-hmm. committed a double murder-suicide in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: E- egregious. People, an egregious crime. Yeah, for people
3: yeah. to wake up. He murdered his wife. He murdered his... I wanna say his five six year old son, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Was. Very
0: young. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: his other son just happened to be um with his mother from a previous marriage that weekend. And mm-hmm. his life was spared because he happened to not be in the house during that weekend. And then Ben Wallace we took his life a day or two after the fact. Yeah. The point being it took for that. To tell pro wrestling to clean up its act, along with obviously what Christopher Nowinski, a former wrestler, was doing, yeah Harvard Grad, amazing what he's been doing. Yep. Um it took four a double murder suicide to wake them up. One time. Mm-hmm. I want you to go ahead and try counting how many guys have died that has since been found out to have severe CTE sy- symptoms.
2: Mm-hmm. Go beyond
3: yeah. Junior sayout Go to David Pearson. Go look at Jim McMahon. Dave- Dave yeah. Doerson is still alive right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dave Doer, Dave, Dave Duerson, He's Duerson. He also he committed suicide after he, his brain started to, I mean, to go.
3: I Jim McMahon's lucky he's still alive because it was caught early enough, where they're they're doing enough like new age technology in the medical field to help him try and live a yeah. happy, healthy life. Like
2: they're, they're like, concentrating yeah. on his, they're concentrating on his spinal column in the back of his neck rather than the head itself.
3: Right, like that's the same
2: like, thing they did with Sidney Crosby too. They concentrate on his spine rather than his brain.
3: Right, like all you gotta do is go back and watch. I want to say that was part of
2: that was the eighty five Bears. It was the eighty five right. Bears documentary. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Go
3: watch that. They have him doing hundred piece puzzles just to make sure his memory
2: Every is everything on top
3: of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that's how, how how much degrades the brain and the yeah. brain stem, and something has to be done. Like how many how many more of these. These NFL veterans have to die, whether it be of natural causes, but ultimately their life was shortened by CTE, or die uh, a tragic suicidal death where CTE was really the direct cause of them committing suicide. How many more Mm -hmm. former NFL players have to go through that in order for somebody to wake up and say, "You know what? If you show any kind of concussion symptoms, whether or not a doctor ultimately rules you have a concussion, it's mandatory for you to at least sit out the next game on the schedule," because that's what the wrestling does now. Yeah. WWE mandatory two weeks off the road. No house shows. No TV shows. Nothing. You sit at yep. home. You chill. You spend time with your family, and you keep getting checked every so often by a doc by doctors on staff until you get medically cleared. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, it. You have to do the right thing by the athletes and stop thinking about dollars and cents. And until the NFL can stop putting money before the before literally the cart before the horse, they need to reevaluate things on every yeah.
2: level. Yeah, and look at the N- N- NHL too. We talk about players who have died. Uh take a look at uh uh Boug- Derek Bugard.
0: Oh he yeah. He really
2: enforces Derek Bugard. Yeah, um, he was ripping. uh Ryan Rippon, it was Ryan Ripon I think it was his name was. I,
0: I believe so. Uh, from yeah. the
2: Vancouver Canucks. Some of these guys died because they couldn't they, c- they couldn't part of it is the, part of the the problem is admission to admitting when you have when you are hurt because again yeah. it comes back that, that mentality of there's a guy behind me who's gonna want my roster spot i gotta make sure i'm still in the ice or on the field or in the ring for as much as possible yeah. as much time as possible but they couldn't come to grips with that fact and these guys didn't necessarily die of cte but but all the head trauma they caught they that they suffered because they're getting into fights it led to other things like drug yes. and alcohol addiction, which lead them to overdose,
0: or depression, and, or or
2: depress and and depression, and that's why I'm thankful for for guys like Kyle Turley. If you go back to if you go to my Facebook, mm-hmm. if you go to the um if you go to the the YouTube website, it's also I also had that feature in a, on a podcast. I interviewed him for a good 20 minutes during the Super Bowl. We talked about how CBD and and cannabis helps with helped with his his recovery from injury he had he had neurological symptoms to it that he he believes it's cte but he got he got help um he's part of the organ he's part of uh uh, an organization that helps both former and current players kind of deal with those symptoms and all the work he's doing with seeing how cannabis works for this for the nervous system and the and the uh and and the neurological system in your your neurological system i mean i just because of that interview i started taking cbd for myself i take it at night before i go to bed and Mm -hmm. i I sleep like a baby because my nerves are I'm, i'm calm because but based off that interview i learned more about what players go through and also from being a chaplain also i was a chaplain for for nine seasons just talking to guys and earn their trust and see what they go through their see what their bodies go through on a regular basis uh, on a nightly basis for nine months out of the year, nine months, eight months, depending on if you make the playoffs or not, you know, it's only 17, it's 17 weeks, pl- uh, you know, plus a bye week in the NFL. You're getting in a car crash every single weekend. Yeah. It's, it takes a toll. And,
3: and I got one other point I want to make real quick. Yep. To, if, to further the comparison with wrestling in the NFL, mm-hmm. pro wrestlers are independent contractors.
2: Yeah.
3: NFL players have a damn union. Where's mm-hmm. the NFLPA in yeah. all of this? Like, that, yeah, that's yep. the other part of it. Like, Bingo. Like, I love to put blame on Goodell and all these doctors and everything.
2: The Morris Smith, yeah. yeah. the
3: The NFLPA. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. somebody say something. Like, you know, it, it's, it, we, we, We've seen all these campaigns in recent years for suicide prevention and the suicide hotlines, and you know, people, you know, uh, say like as someone who deals with depression, like I get it, like you know, it, it's okay to not be okay, and you know, yeah. say something. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the people that are witnessing all these car crashes every single week and seeing the effect it has on these on these these human beings. Because again, that's what they are. They're not just they're not just dollar signs. They're human beings. And until everybody gets an agreement on them being human beings. And this includes mm-hmm. the NFLPA. And yep. until somebody steps up like Chris Nowitzki, he can do all this yelling and screaming from the mountaintop. He wants yeah. In from the end. It's got to come from internal. It mm-hmm. has to like, yep. like uh, it, it, somebody has to say something from the inside, whether it be a big name player, um, so, uh, Demore Smith himself, somebody has to take the lead on this from the inside so you can have the greater effects on the outside when you're done.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know, you you don't want to assume things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be very careful in the way that I say this next point, but there is something happening with a recently, I don't know if you want to call him retired player, but Antonio Brown is clearly. He he needs some help. And he he took some brutal hits in his career. And you have to wonder if it's all linked together. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but I believe didn't they didn't they surmise later that the one of the contributing factors to why Muhammad Ali got um, had Parkinson's and some of the issues that he had later in life were repeated, unprotected hits to the head. I, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, these issues, it all stems from repeated head trauma.
2: Yeah. I mean, the whole that whole thing with his with his head. And that was part of his strategy when he was in the ring because he, he would basically make you. Yes. He would make you hit him so many times you would get tired and then he would knock you out later. Yeah. But it came, but but that strategy came with a price. And that was part of the price that, that I mean, my dad has stage one Parkinson's. I don't know where it's from, whether it be from familiar, familial, or if it's from his time in as a Vietnam era veteran, but you know, I see him going through some of the stages I and mean, it's not, think God, you know, praise the Lord. It's not advanced. Like, like Muhammad Ali's was, Yeah, but you have to, you have to, it's, these are things that these are heavy topics that in sport that, yeah, we could, we could cheer and we could uh, be amazed by the, the athletic ability of these players. But at the end of the day, they are, yeah. They, we gotta think about their. We gotta think about their humanity, mm-hmm. and it starts with somebody speaking up, somebody somewhere speaking up, whether it be the the PA or a big name player. It, it, somebody's got. Somebody's got to speak up and say I, something.
3: I, I, you actually you make a perfect comparison there too, boxing and MMA. handful of fights maybe each year if when you're active. You go through thorough physicals for every single bite, yep. top to bottom, yep. neurological, everything. NFL, if you don't have any previous injury history, you're walking in, basically getting a once-ordered by the team doctor, you're good to go. Go ahead and practice. Yeah. like like, It's like people don't understand what happens when you have head-to-head contact. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's bizarre it's so bizarre it's like yeah. it's like we're, we're in 2022 but the mentality of everybody around this sport is still stuck in 1952 it's it's so so like otherworldly i can't even explain it it's, yeah. it's just bizarre no, yeah. is the only word to summarize it basically
2: yeah mm-hmm. yep absolutely absolutely well we're going to move on from this topic gentlemen this has been a very enlightening discussion about what's going on in the nfl in terms of player safety and and what's going on but we gotta we gotta move on to one of our other topics which is the major league baseball wild card which is oh, a little bit light of our subject but before we do that we're gonna talk about one of our friends at Godzilla media and that is john supply in troy they're our baseball sponsor everything baseball this uh, this this season for the rest of the season they are our partner now fall is here it's getting cooler outside which means you're gonna to have to shut down your ACs for the year. Uh, granted, if there's no 90 degree days up ahead in October, things major <laughs> things have happened. I mean, remember, 35 years ago today was that giant snowstorm that dumped about two feet of snow on the ground. I remember that succinctly in 1987. But if they don't have just cooling, they also have heating. So if you want it, your furnace to be up to date and you want high efficiency efficiency furnaces. You called Johnstone Supply in Troy. You've had on, heard on previous episodes with George or getting in there with Gaz. Uh, you've talked about, talked about his story with Johnstone Supply. Stop in, take a look at their great products. Give Kev, James, or Bert a call. They can put you in a warmer place this warm this this autumn and this winter. Uh, visit them on twenty six hundred Avenue Sixth Avenue in Troy. Call them at or call them at 518-272-5922. You can also connect with them online at Johnstone Supply in Troy. They're also on social media, Johnstone Supply and Y. Johnstone Supply, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Give them a call today. Get your furnace get your furnace ramped up for, for what's going to be, I presume, is going to be a very cool, cold, and snowy winter. So speaking of baseball, gentlemen, the wild card. The end of the season's coming up. I think believe it ends tomorrow, and we ramp up things almost immediately with the wild card. So we have all of our positions. I would say positions, but we have all of our teams set. So in the American League, the Yankees and the Houston Astros, they are top two seeds. They receive first-round buys. Cleveland is a Central Division champion. Toronto has wrapped up home field for the wild card. And you got Seattle and Tampa Bay. They're still battling out for the fifth and sixth spots. Or, yeah, the fifth and sixth spots. So, guys, I mean, Brian, I mean, I know you cover baseball in Katie's Corner. Uh, I know you're a huge baseball fan. Which of these four teams do you think, uh, which of these four teams in your mind, Uh, between cleveland tampa toronto and seattle which two of the which which two of these teams do you think will advance to the divisional round
3: well see that's a that's tough to answer because it may not sound like it's going to mean much but i feel like whichever spot the mariners fall into that's danger even if they creep up into the five spot and play toronto that seattle team like because they play on the west coast and they don't get a whole lot of meaningful coverage beyond Julio Rodriguez. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on that pitching staff that has come alive yeah. for that Mariners team this year with uh, with Kirby and obviously Luis Castillo leading the way. I mean, they, Robbie Ray, like they've really put yeah. together a nice pitching staff out there in Seattle. And I'd be, they would be out of the three wild card teams. That's the team I'd be most scared to play if I'm Houston. Or do the Yankees, especially the Yankees, with how mm. Jekyll and the Yankees have been the last um, month and a half. Um, just because the, the Mariners might not have a, a tremendously potent offense, but they have enough pieces, plus a decent bullpen, plus the pitching staff like I mentioned. That's the L team. I mean, they are tricky, like very, very tricky. Yeah. Um, mm. Other than that, I mean, Toronto – It's weird because if you asked me in the preseason If I'd be scared of facing Toronto in the postseason I would have said yes But the way they've been playing this year I'd be more scared of Cleveland than Toronto at this point Really? Um, I I think Cleveland and Seattle would be the two teams To be concerned about facing in the next round If I'm Houston or the Yankees Hi, I'm Maria
1: And I'm Mike And we're Team team ready.
3: Ready Black Hills Energy knows your home Is where your heart is so they want you to be ready.
1: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
3: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
1: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
2: Dustin, how about you? Which, which, who the, which these uh, four teams do you think will uh, advance into the divisional?
0: I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Brian on Toronto. They to say they've been a roller coaster this season is kind of a, uh, I guess an understatement. Uh, specifically, Jose Barrios. I've got him on my fantasy team, and uh, oh boy, that was a rough. <laughs> It seems like every time he gets it together, he gets shelled the next start. So you just don't know, but ultimately I do think they have Kevin Gaussman. Uh they, They've they pieced together a staff along with that offense. They do have some firepower that if they can get hot, they'll go on a run. Um, so I ultimately think that Toronto will prevail. And I, I also agree on the Mariners' team. I don't I don't know much about them, but I just know that they seem to be playing their best baseball at the right time, and we all know what can happen when a team fires on all cylinders at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I think the Mariners will will also survive.
3: Look, let, me, let me make this quick point, by the way, before you give your, your picks, Ryan. The way I look at <laughs> Toronto, they basically the, – their blueprint for the way their season's going is the same as the White Sox at the Blue Jays happen to have 11 more wins. Like, I mean, they've both been up, down, yeah. up, down, up, down. I I can't even explain it. And obviously, you know, the only reason Toronto has 11 more wins is cause well, they don't have Tony Lewis as a manager.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, I guess he's stepping down, citing health concerns. So hope he's okay. But, uh, but, yeah, he, he certainly made some baffling decisions this season. Gentlemen, we have history. History just occurred. Oh, man. Breaking Aaron wounds? Judge,
2: 62 home runs. Oh, yeah, congratulations. 391 feet to left field at Globe Park. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new home run champion in the American League, congratulations to Aaron Judge. We know you're a big fan. No credentials required, but we want to give your our congratulations to you, Aaron. History made. Guys, history made during our live stream.
0: Yeah, he might have been listening to last week's episode, you know, at the plate. Who knows? About time. I
2: mean we should have we should have cut to I mean we should have done what ESPN did at all those college football games and cut no, to, cut, cut. No, no.
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't make me mad. No. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Even a Yankees fan, I don't want to talk about that.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, See, man. all it
2: is Brian Katie showing up on No Credentials Required and History Was Made.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is hey he has got the magic touch. <laughs> he does, he does, he does. <laughs>
2: oh, All right. My my picks, just because I'm 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 so familiar with them, if I think Toronto will advance regardless of who they play. I know Seattle's a dangerous team. It's a three-game series. Um, so but again, it depends on whether who they face. Uh, right now, if I'm if I stand correct, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wrote down the scenarios. This is just based on what I saw in the schedule. So Seattle couldn't clinch the five seed. If they win two out of three against Detroit, they have a doubleheader today and they have a game tomorrow. They, they win two out of those three games. They're the five seed. Tampa can move up if they win their last two games. And I believe if Seattle loses two of those three games, if I'm not mistaken. So I could I could be wrong. I mean, if you're, you know, if, if my math is wrong, then it's, it always is because I sucked at math was in school.
0: Me too, so right, I can't.
3: Seattle losing five to three in game one of the doubleheader. Top six. Oof! Wow.
0: Oof. Well, wow. Who's on? But who's if, on the if, mound for? Who's on the mound for the Mariners? I wonder. Because I do your your point about Robbie Ray, uh, Brian, from earlier, is well taken. And I remember in the beginning of the season there were concerns because his fastball velocity was way down. And everybody was saying, "What's wrong with Robbie Ray? What's wrong with Robbie Ray?" Well, his velocity's back. I think. I think part of it was the later start to the season The normal. Pitchers didn't have as much time to to uh, stretch out. And I think Robbie Ray, he's a past Cy Young winner, and he just seems to be picking it up. Well, Flex so, number
3: four starter was who got pulled
2: after four innings.
3: Yep. Uh, oh,
0: okay, Chris Flexen. Festa just got Festa just pitched two innings,
2: allowed two runs, and now. Swanson is in for and CIO Justice Curry.
3: Sheffield gets the ball again. Oh
0: boy, too. oh <laughs> the vaunted Justice Sheffield. Oh no, uh, former oh, Yankee
3: my. prospect, former Yankee? yes, yes,
0: yes. He's been yeah, he's one
2: of their top prospects. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, many people had a lot of feelings when he was traded away. <laughs> yeah, but uh,
2: well, getting back to my picks, I think Toronto advances, uh, for sure. Uh, just because they, I think that SkyDome crowd is going to be a big difference difference maker for games 2 and 3 uh, because they'll play game 1 on the road and they'll have home field for the last two games so games 2 and 3 at SkyDome as for the 3-6 it's going to depend on who plays uh if Tampa goes to the 6 seed I think Cleveland advances I'm not too familiar with the with the Indy, I mean Guardians um but if Seattle gets the 6 seed I think Seattle will beat uh, will will beat uh, uh will be Cleveland. So it's going to depend on who's the last two seeds in the in the in that in that uh, wild card. Uh, going over to the National League, this is where things get uh, get a little dicey. So right now we only have one true. Well, every team is set. We have we have all the teams set. It's just going to depend on where the seeding is. So the Dodgers, they're the number one seed for sure. They're locked in. Uh, the two seeds going to come down to. The next two days, uh, the Mets need to sweep the the Nationals and have the Braves lose one game to clinch the division. Atlanta just needs to win both their games, and they own the tiebreaker. I believe. Oh wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm looking. Yeah, Atlanta wins the division if they just have to. They just win, They just need to win one game and they win the division. The Mets have to win three games and have the Braves lose one game in order to take the NL East. Then we got San Diego. They clinched the five seed with two wins or Philadelphia loses one against Houston. And the Phillies can move up to the five seed. If they beat, if they win out against Houston and San Diego loses both games against San Francisco, I don't think, I mean, the way the Phillies have been playing as of late, they could pull off the upset and grab that five seed. But Where do you guys think this wild card where do you think the seeding ends uh tomorrow at the end of tomorrow? Who do you think who who grabs all the rest of those seeds? Because right now it's just a jumble of who's gonna be in which spot. Well, I Oh and the Cardinals. The Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Cardinals have the three seed because they won the central. So yeah, they did get
0: the central. Um I I I just I don't know. I have a feeling the Mets, I think the Mets, the Mets could be dangerous in the postseason because they have they have Chris Bassett, who's pitched very well. They have Max Scherzer, of course. But I also just have a feel I think the Braves are gonna take the NL East. I think the Mets the Mets had such a lead on that division, and then they then they just kind of let it let, let it supply. go. And mm-hmm. the Braves, the Braves I'm sorry to all the Mets fans out there, uh, but the Braves have had their number over, uh, over history. It seems like the Braves has had been the bugaboo that the Mets just can't shake. Uh, So I do think I know, I know Buck Showalter came out and said, these guys are going to make people feel their pain or whatever. He said some kind of quote, but I think the Braves take, take the NL East. Brian, what's your thoughts?
3: (laughs) Um, so I'm going to throw a little bugaboo into what you said.
0: All right. We're <laughs> handing, it off,
3: before handing it off to Dustin. This, this is to Ryan. Dustin, you're fine. This is to Ryan. Oh,
2: oh. Two all bugaboo. right.
3: Number one, the Mets need the Braves to lose every game to the Marlins in this series because okay. even if Atlanta wins one game and the Mets sweep the three against Washington, Atlanta owns the tiebreaker. So Atlanta would win the right. East.
2: Right. Yeah. Now, I, I, I thank you for correcting my math again. My math sucks. No, so. you're
1: good.
3: You're good. <laughs> no, and honestly, the only reason I even knew that is because I happened to watch the post game from the Mets first game earlier today. It's so the only oh, reason dude. I knew that, um, but here's the other wrench of the plans. They're not doing a one, uh, one and two split. All three games are at the higher seed stadium. Oh, these okay. Stadium.
0: Oh, I did okay. not. I did okay. not realize thank you that. For,
2: again, thank you for correcting me. I'm, so, yeah.
3: for, for me, here's what's interesting. I'm going to chuck off the the East of the Braves, so that figures yep. out your two seed. Mm-hmm. So this now sets you up with the Phillies at St. Louis, and then the Padres coming to City Field. Yep. If there was any way. The Mets were ever going to beat the Padres. It's in this scenario. Three games at home. I don't see it as a sweep. I think the Mets can find a way to squeak by, though, which ultimately puts them against the Dodgers. Bless their souls.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that...
3: Phillies Cardinals? How do you beat Goldschmidt, Arenado, and... A suddenly Wolf. revived Albert Pujols.
0: How <laughs> yeah. Do you beat
3: that. Yeah. And then factor in Jordan Montgomery pitching out of his mind since the trade from the Yankees. Adam Wainwright's still there. Miles Mikolas mm-hmm. has been pitching well since coming off the IL. I, I just don't see any way. that. F- and plus the Phillies offense, like we mentioned about the, a couple teams, in the AL, the Phillies offense has been so. Yes. Night and day. Yeah. It's crazy. So like, because that lack of consistency for Philly on the offensive side, I gotta say Cardinals over the Phillies in that wild card matchup.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree yeah. with you there. Um, because I know I d- I really didn't delve in as deeply, but the Padres are another team that baffles me. Uh they they made all the moves. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they made all the moves that they did in the offseason to specifically compete with the Dodgers. And it just seems to me that nothing has really panned out the way that they they've thought. Now obviously they have they they have a chance to make the postseason. So the season is not I'm not saying that it went down in flames, but they just have not performed overall to the to the way that um The way that everybody thought they would. Blake Snell, he's another, he's another starter. Sometimes he looks amazing. Other times he just gets shelled. You can never get a read on him. Yeah, but, well, but let's not
2: th- let's not forget Juan Soto as a yeah. member of the Padres. Now. Yeah, they went the Juan all Soto in trade. for him. Yeah, that trade.
0: Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. I I just I didn't think they would. Um, I thought they'd do a little better this year. I will I will say that. But. yeah, I thought
2: they were gonna compete with the Dodgers, but uh nope. <laughs> 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 nope. It's <laughs> like it's it's Houston, it's Houston the AL West. The, the Mariners were were right behind we're on the we on the heels of the Astros for a bit. And uh also the All-Star break comes around and Houston sweeps them in a series and it was it was all over from there.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Like
3: Not- you mentioned the Padres, like here's what's bizarre. They played better. Free Soto trade,
0: they did, yeah. They, they also they, played they, better they, they, without they, they, Conti's the lineup, he did.
3: Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that
3: I, 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 just I'm as confused as you are with the Padres, man. Like, yeah, I, I, like, you look at this squad, like, I even go beyond Snell, like, you have Musgrove, you have Clevenger, you have you, Darvish, still, yeah. Um, you, you got Sean Bania at the tr- um uh, before the season. Cause you thought he was going to be the standout guy between him and Montas from Oakland. So you went and got him during the off season. Um, and you still have Mackenzie Gore that's hanging around. Yeah. I mean, I, and Oh yeah, by the way, you, you went and got Josh Hader. And I don't think that's really worked out very well. For uh,
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, and just the whole Tatis thing, I had completely, I had completely forgotten about that, but he, he, And then the quotes that came out of the locker room where they said, we don't need them anyway. You know, that was pretty much what the players (laughs) said. So, yeah, uh, San Diego, Ron Burgundy's not liking it right now because it's not – all's not sunny in San Diego, I'll tell you that. Milk was a bad
2: choice. (laughs) Go F yourself, San Diego. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got Brian's predictions for the wild card. Dustin, how about your wild wild card predictions?
0: I'm I'm going I'm going uh for the I'm gonna say Cardinals would be would beat the Phil- Phillies in the scenario that, that Brian laid out. And then I also agree, I think in a shortened series, if the Mets if the seating falls right. It would be the Mets beating the Padres because I think pitching, I would take the Mets pitching in a short short series um, to to come out on top.
3: Yeah, like I know, I, I know DeGrom I has had a little bit of struggles, but yeah, but me, he's still. Give me, give me Scherzer to Walker or Scherzer to Bassett versus yeah. Darvish, Manayan, Musgrove, I'm going to guess. I'm not yeah. entirely sure with that. Like, uh, one of these things is not like the other.
0: Yeah, Bassett has really been. And I don't I don't watch a lot of Mets games because I'm a Yankee fan, but Bassett has been yeah. a revelation as of late, you know. He he he's got a little like deception in his delivery and it, it's working out well for him.
3: And on top of that, worst case scenario, you can't tell me that you have something in the bullpen at San Diego like the Mets have in Tyler McGill coming back from injury because he was showing out the first couple months of the season as a starter, and now he's just coming back in time for the postseason. He can be an arm you bring out. If God forbid, Degrom isn't quite up to snuff, or Bass isn't up to snuff, yeah. or if you get into a deeper series and you have Taiwan Walker starting, that could be a huge difference maker too. If you use Tyler McGill for long relief to help save innings on your other arms in the bullpen.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree as well because it, haven't haven't the Padres brought Mackenzie be- Mackenzie Gore back from inju- injury as a reliever as well?
3: Yeah, but I, I just
0: because uh, I, I don't I don't. I would rather go with McGill than Gore because he hasn't proven it at the. He's a highly, highly touted prospect, but he hasn't proven it at the MLB level yet. He's he's shown flashes, but if he was really lighting it up, they'd bring him back as a starter.
3: Yeah, I mean Gore was only four and four, of the four or five ERA before getting hurt, and now he's being used mostly mostly as a bullpen guy because, uh, like I like I mentioned, Josh Hader just. Oof. It's the best way for me to put it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, folks. So I think we're going to wrap things up here. Before we go, Dustin, going to give you the floor to we'll talk about uh, your Extra Life fundraiser. So, uh, Oh, well, thank you right very ahead. much.
0: Thank you very much. Um, I will be gaming to raise uh, on Saturday, November 5th. I will be gaming for what I hope to be 24 straight hours to raise money for the Bernard and Millie Duker Children's Hospital at Albany Med. Uh, I'm doing this for a charity called Extra Life. It goes to, um, to to help children fight childhood cancer and I believe other sicknesses as well. Um, it is, you know, it's just been something that I've done for the last few years. This will be my fifth year doing it. I really enjoy it. If you've got time, swing by, catch me on Twitch on Saturday, November 5th. Usually I start at 9 a.m. I will go for a minimum of 12 hours, so I will be there till at least 9 p.m. But the goal is to go until 9 a.m. the following day. And yes, the clocks do fall back that weekend, so it should be a wild ride. But uh, come on, come on over to Twitch at uh, ElDusto67. Check me out. I'm not a great gamer; never pretended to be, but it's something I like to do. Yep.
3: And I'll just chime in real quick, by the way. Uh, I happen to know uh, the Duker family. Um, Michael owns actually a barbershop on Madison Avenue called Duke's Barbershop. Been good friends oh, with them yeah. for years. Oh, wow. Um, so um, I can't I, I can't second everything Dustin's been saying about the organization. They do a tremendous job with Children's Hospital and uh, opening medical centers. So please, please, please support Dustin's cause. It's amazing.
0: Yep. Thank you very
2: much. Absolutely. Brian. Brian where can people find you and where can they find your podcasts?
3: Yeah, you could, uh, you could find me on Twitter at Brian Katie, as you see it right here on the YouTubes. If you're listening on the audio only podcast, it's at B-R-I-A-N-C-A-D-Y. It's my name. All as one word. Um, uh, my podcast, white heat of pro wrestling podcast with me and my friend, JJ Alexander usually comes out every Monday night, sometime between seven and 9. PM. Eastern, but don't worry. You can always check on the Godzilla media YouTube page. You can also check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Katie's Corner, which is a baseball based podcast, uh, that typically drops every Thursday morning. But this week, with all the games ending before eight o'clock Eastern, might see a special edition drop Wednesday evening instead this week but we'll see depending on what the wife says yes and no to um (laughs) and other than that one last thing just got the official word today that i am now going to be the public affairs director for albany broadcasting as of next week oh wow congratulations Um, that includes hosting a public affairs show that'll be playing every weekend on the entire family of stations called albany street long hosted by great radio personality joe conan who just recently retired so my hats off to joe uh and i'm honored to be taking over the position that he uh he gave up running the uh public affairs show and uh yeah that should be starting up hopefully we're hoping for next weekend for the first show with me if not it'll be the weekend after columbus day
2: all right congratulations to brian thank you for for, uh the new the new job and are you still gonna be doing the podcast thing as well as the uh, public affairs thing
3: don't worry. I read, I already texted guys as soon as I got the news. I was like, don't worry. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so I'm still, still going to be around and doing my podcast. So all is good in the world with that.
0: Most excellent. All, all right. Anthony, lastly, Ryan, where can people find your work besides this podcast?
2: All right. So personally, you can find me right here down below if you're on the uh if you're on the uh, visual side, you see my Twitter account right there. You can also, which is also my Instagram. It's at Who Is MCC. You can find me. You can find my writings on BellyUpSports.com. I have to, I have to write about the New York Jets uh, as I'm, I'm their beat writer. So you can find my work there. I'll try to push out an article this week and uh, talk about the Jets and their most excellent victory uh, this past Sun from this past Sunday, while still fresh in my mind. Um, but you can find my work there. Uh, you can find me, you know, us every Tuesday, 7 o'clock, YouTube. We're going to start we're going on Facebook more uh, as opposed to Twitter. I find we can have more engagement on Facebook uh, rather than Twitter. Uh, but YouTube, Belly Up TV, Facebook, uh, and, of course, you can find our social media channels for No credits Rituals Required right down here. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at No Crids, R-E-Q, Facebook.com dot uh, slash no creds req youtube no credentials required like us follow us subscribe also on the audio side spreaker is where our home base is we can also listen on apple spotify iheart radio anywhere you podcast leave a five-star rating it will be really nice to have that five-star rating because that way more people know about this podcast and if you can leave a review leave a review I may read it on the air if it's sufficiently cruel and unusual, but not borderline racist. I will definitely I'll definitely give it a read. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, board, if it's if it's racist, period, I won't read it. But anyhow. Right. <laughs> for Brian Kenny, our special guest this week, and Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for watching and or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports brought to you as always by belly up sports in association with guys media tune in next week we'll be back at seven o'clock live on youtube facebook and belly up tv so for my panel we will
0: take you later good night everybody